What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. What's up, everybody? This is In Liberty and Health. I am here with my buddy Kareem, and today we're going to be talking um, Bitcoin, libertarianism, and probably amongst other things. Uh, Kareem, how you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty well. I'm excited to be here. Cool. In health. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm going to expose my own ignorance here. We were talking a little bit before I started recording. Um, I am perhaps what most people would consider a gold bug. I'm a fan of hard money. Um, and there's a lot of hubbub in the libertarian space about Bitcoin. Um, obviously, everybody sees the price of Bitcoin going sky high, but no one would exactly know what that means. And I've listened to debates with Peter Schiff, who's obviously, you know, probably the biggest Bitcoin bear and one of the most famous gold bugs, but you know, also a great podcaster and a great libertarian. Um, at the same time in those debates, I've heard Bitcoin kind of marketed as more of a network. So to me, when I started hearing it advertises that, it, it kind of made, it, it appealed a little bit more to me when I heard about, you know, how basically Bitcoin's value is in the blockchain. And I don't know what the fuck that is, what that means, anything like that. But when I heard, okay, well, the whole world can transact on this and basically, you know, it's valued because of the network. That's the intrinsic value because Bitcoin, while it may not be a tangible thing, it is a network that you can trade on. So this is a little bit of a long tirade, but um, you know, I basically wanted to hear someone who's pretty pro Bitcoin give their opinion on it and kind of explain it more in layman's terms and maybe even to answer some more of the you know bitcoin bear questions so sorry to go on for a little bit there but uh you know floor's all yours brother um explain away (laughs) okay well thank you for having me on so to start off i actually am a fan of hard money as well and you can have a paper wallet so the fact that people say that crypto has to be strictly digital is true it is mostly digital but you can still have hardware components of it and as far as i'm concerned uh, it's still good to have real tangible assets the first being like tim pool always says like alex jones buy your gold coins i would go further but like during a pandemic or a real problem or an issue you want real you want food water being the biggest thing so make sure you're stocked up on water make sure you're stocked up on like food and stuff like that first so that anything that has real value that you can eat use or wear or or you can heal yourself with that's going to take precipice over gold bitcoin and fiat currency so we'll make that clear that i'm not anti-hard money now yeah some bitcoin guys 
are pretty anti-gold, which is kind of funny because in my perspective, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I don't see them as opposing things. Like a lot of people want to say that, oh, well, you know, you can't be pro-Bitcoin and pro-gold, but I, I think you can. I think there's utility in both. So sorry, um, continue. Yeah, no, I, as far as I'm concerned, you can be pro-Bitcoin, you can be pro-gold, and you can be pro-real estate. And the one thing they're not making anymore that you can tangibly use is land. So all those things are good commodities. Also making sure you have food, making sure if you live in a dangerous place that you have something to defend yourself with, all that's important. So I'm gonna get that, I'm gonna start by saying all that and get that out of the way. Now, as far as Bitcoin being good or bad or cryptocurrency being good or bad, the nice thing is there's a lot of countries, as you may know, African countries, Venezuela, Cuba even, countries that are under either a non-functional government, which I'm not going to say uh, is necessarily a detriment in their banking system, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why, um, be, but just to go further, there's a lot of countries that don't have like a functional bank, but even in countries that do, even in Western countries that do, to go to a bank, to open up a bank account, you have one open, so you're probably not thinking about it. But if you go to open a bank, it's ridiculous. You have to sit down. They open a thing, a folder. When is the last time you uh, owned a goldfish? Can I get your first last name, social security mm -hmm. number? How many push-ups can you do? What, what type of bank account do you want? A checking, a savings, a Roth? A, mm -hmm. Like stuff you don't even know, stuff you don't care about. You're just like, I want to put money in here so I can like buy things and, and have a good time. And that's it. So the idea of going online, whether you're in a first world or even a third world country, being able to open, literally as far as I'm concerned, I do agree with the former president saying, I think it was Obama saying, a Swiss bank account, getting different types of coins and being able to trade with people, whether it's digitally or in person, is a huge, huge asset. Because as far as libertarianism goes, the key goal is decentralization. I don't want a central institution to make decisions for me. I don't even want a central institution to know what I'm doing. And just to compound this even more, people in the United States thinking, why would I use this? You know, a lot of places don't accept it. Well, more and more places are. And if we're privy to it, that $600 transaction. Oh, someone put $600. What did you do with it? We printed $1 trillion. It's okay. You know, that's the problem with central institutions. They want accountability on you. They want to know what you're doing. They probably want to, you know, be privy to this interview. Why am I saying this? But, but whatever they do, no accountability. Mm -hmm. I lose one trillion, no problem. So that's, in my opinion, the interest of cryptocurrency. It's completely decentralized. It's online. You can open a bank account like that and trade with people quicker. Now, you can't do that with gold. That is one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not against gold, but it's hard to get gold because even if I go buy gold now, I have to go, oh, who can I trade with? Where can I do it? You could find someone online and do it, but that's going to be much harder rather than just I pull up your wallet, which are literally called wallets, and I send them back and forth. Now, to answer your question, what is the blockchain? It's a general ledger of all the transactions that happen. 
and it keeps pretty much all the transactions. I've even argued use it for voting as opposed to voter IDs where you send me something, I send you something, taking the whole mystery and tech out of it, it's just a general ledger on your bank that goes back and forth, except your bank can modify your ledger. You can't really, in my, I mean, you can, but it's a lot harder to modify the blockchain. And from Bitcoin, a lot of different things came out, Ethereum, Cardano, Polkadot, Dogecoin, as you know, to the moon that Elon Musk and Shiba Inu is a token I like and different tokens, ideas came from coins. So the free market facilitated different ideas like, oh, I have an idea for, you know, doing virtual reality headsets so people can go to concerts if you can't go. Or I have an idea to make healthcare completely online and, you know, people pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Okay. Actually, a lot of things socialists say they want or government people say they want can be achieved in the free market through a lot of these coin or token ideas. So that's the long and short of it. The idea that it, where its value comes from is really, I, I thought about money and all it is is a quintessential praxeological tool as Menger would say. And all that really means is it's, hey, I have this thing, it's a medium of exchange. I have too much of this or I don't have any of this and I wanna get more of this or I wanna get this service that someone can't perform. What can I give them to get that service? And that's really all it is. And if you get a community behind it, people that really believe in it, it grows. I think it's growing because central institutions like the Chinese government, like the American government, like other governments with the exception of El Salvador, crack down. People see the money printings going sky high, saying, well, this isn't working. What can I do? Well, it's hard. I don't know what I'm doing with gold, but you know, maybe I'll get some cryptocurrency real quick and then trade with that. So that's... Hopefully that answers most of your questions and why I'm a proponent of not only Bitcoin, but other cryptocurrencies. Okay. Yeah, actually that did clear quite a bit up. Um, I can't say I necessarily heard it explained that way. So I'm glad you were able to kind of suss that out and uh, make it a little bit clearer. Um, so to, to go back to what you said about gold, you can always get gold from different banks you know, online or in different ways. Now, I guess the one downside to gold versus Bitcoin would be that for gold, you may have to wait for delivery or a third party. But to in gold's defense in this situation, third parties have been used to store things for, you know, thousands of years. And in a free market scenario, especially if that third party institution that's holding your gold is unreliable and proves to be unreliable then no one will store their gold there and i think the same argument could be made even with bitcoin where if you have let's say an online wallet and you can correct me if i'm going astray here but you know you have an, a third party that keeps track of your bitcoin or whatever cryptocurrency you're using um same deal if they prove to be unreliable or they get hacked frequently their security is not good enough um then they will go out of business much like a third party who holds gold silver or anything like that does so um i guess yeah i i think um you could still get gold from just about anywhere but i guess the upside to cryptocurrency is that it's right now you know where as gold like i said you have delivery fees and you may want to store it somewhere else instead of storing it at home yeah exactly 
the one of the upsides is it's right now, like I can do it right at my computer. Even if I'm in lockdown, uh, one thing I read actually Venezuela that they were doing is they were using Bitcoin mining. And by doing that, they're converting it into their currency. And then they're going on Amazon and getting stuff. And as, as far as I can see, that is the quick thing. You can get it right now. You know about it. It's not going to take as long. Also gold, you know, you want to examine, is this real or fake? Generally, Bitcoin, you're going to get it off an exchange. It's going to be the real thing. So it takes a lot of the complexity out of getting an inflationary currency um, or a deflationary currency rather than, you mm -hmm. know, just holding on to an inflationary currency. The, the issue is that even if you're into gold, if you're into Bitcoin, eventually this fiat currency is not going to work, as Voltaire said. All paper money returns to its intrinsic value, which is zero. <laughs> uh, and much to the world leader. And the only people who seem to not like it, to warn against it, are people like, you know, the CEO of JP Morgan, or, yeah. you know, the Chinese government doesn't like it, or the former president or the current president wants to crack down because they get to print the money, as Ron Paul said. So they get to use it first. So they're not feeling that deflationary effect. But then after the military industrial complex uses it, after Washington uses it, the special interests, Wall Street, Big Pharma, I guess, all, all those lovely special interests that care so much about uh, advancing America, freedom and security and safety. After they all use it, then it, there's more dollars in circulation. So what eventually happens is those shoes that costed 10 bucks cost 20 we can see that everything's rising and that's a continuation of mainly what was done during covid but even before then just printing money for everything just printing 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 the upside to bitcoin is it was hard coded that there's scarcity in it and then you can't print it now the same is true with gold as well so scarcity in money is in my opinion what holds people accountable, what keeps the market fairly honest, not completely, and what keeps economic growth still going. I do agree with Max Kaiser to a large extent, not that you'll fix everything in the world, but if you fix the money, you'll fix a lot of things in the world. Because if we're trading, if we either have the gold standard or Bitcoin, then you can't have these expansive wars that last on years because you can't print mm -hmm. enough gold or Bitcoin to go and you know have military ventures all over the world and you can't print enough bitcoin to hold a medically unsustainable system you can't print enough bitcoin to you know hold all these different special interest programs and projects together which which is good because then you actually have to say because there's scarcity what am i going to value over this thing and that's just basic economics there'll never be enough of anything to satisfy everyone right right it's essentially wants are unlimited but the nice part about a scarce currency or a currency that's backed by a tangible thing or like you said scarcity to it there's an artificial limit or a official limit um it imposes discipline on those who seek to spend it so the reason why gold standard for currency was so good for the U.S. is because it imposed financial discipline on politicians because they would have to tax people. They would have to let people know we are going to steal your money to pay for this government program. And that's that's honestly what it is, though. 
Um, you know, in order to fight all these wars, the reason why we're able to fund this is because we have a Federal Reserve that does, you know, is able to print money as they desire, you know, kind of like what you were saying earlier, if they had a Bitcoin standard or gold standard, they would not be able to do all these corporate bailouts, pay for all these wars. Um, and the other end of that token is that we would probably have higher interest rates, which would encourage people to save more and make our economy even more prosperous if we had a money backed by something that could not be you know could not have the purchasing power of it stolen from you by politicians and i've been thinking about this a lot recently um because everybody's talking about inflation i think libertarians need to lead the charge on moving the conversation of inflation from you know prices going up to your money losing value we need to address this as this is politicians this is George W. Bush, this is Barack Obama, this is Donald Trump, this is Joe Biden, stealing your purchasing power. It's not just the prices of stuff going up, it is theft of the money that you hold and its purchasing power. That's one thing that I've really, really wanted to drive home lately, and it's something I've really thought about, and that's what's kind of driven me more towards learning more about economics, and on top of that, also gold and cryptocurrencies. So, um, Another question that I have when it comes to cryptocurrencies, um, this is an argument made by some gold bugs, but, you know, there's 13,000 cryptocurrencies, but everybody kind of pumps Bitcoin. Um, You know, would it not be considered inflationary to have 13,000 cryptocurrencies, you know, that are all on the blockchain but you only have one popular one. And this is a sincere question. I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like I'm jacking you off. I'm sincerely curious because like I said, you know, the main ones, Ethereum, Dogecoin, Bitcoin, those are the three you hear the most about. But like I said, you, um, it, some people may think of it as inflationary if you have so many cryptocurrencies and they all may serve a relative you know, relatively the same function. Okay, yeah, and that's actually a thing I wanted to address because when sure. Bitcoin first came out, I talked to an economist at PNC and he said, oh, Kareem, this isn't real money. You know, it's it's nice that you're talking to me about it, but we just, we, you know, it's cool, but we don't consider it, you know, a real thing. Obviously, I was interested to hear what he said. And then he's like, fine, it's real money. It's up to this. I, I can see, you know, some investment firms are interested, but- we have all these cryptocurrencies. It's kind of the same shock. I, I always love uh, when people get shocked and then they have to come back and say, well, the world didn't end because the free market was able to facilitate uh, different choice among people. And, and the free market actually worked. And I think this is true in a lot of cases. But to answer your question about multiple cryptocurrencies i didn't think it would be bad because i looked to scotland and switzerland and look back and in a lot of not even libertarian literature just the history they had competing banks with competing currencies now a lot of people maybe all people won't be able to trade this will you know this will be the end of the world (laughs) uh if we have you know thirteen thousand cryptocurrencies we I love this. We need to regulate it. We need to, you know, someone in charge. Oh, it's always coming back to, I don't like this. I want power or I want control over this. Can we have someone regulate it? What I found is 
different cryptocurrencies, A, have different functions, if you want to say. And yes, Bitcoin is the main one, much like the internet started. But then you have different things, different ways that branch off. Now, have you ever been to an arcade, say, or, or a place to eat and they give you tokens? Like Dave and Buster's. You ever been to Dave and Buster's or a place? So you can mm -hmm. almost think of it like that. They have their own token. Chuck E. Cheese has their own tokens, I believe, correct? And then there's different places in the world, you know, websites and stuff that have, oh, you get these tokens, you get these points, you get these things. When I was a kid, you wanted to get tickets to the arcade to get something. I realized, hey, monetary systems can actually branch off and have a lot of different coins and tokens and things, and they'll all serve specific functions. Now, what's interesting is, yes, Bitcoin's the main one that started it all, but Bitcoin, you know, had a proof of work concept, which wasn't really strong. But then Ethereum brought this idea of smart contracts. And all smart contract is like saying, is if you do these set of requirements, then you'll get this. And there's not like an arbitrary legal guy in the middle. And then Ethereum had a problem of high transfer rates. So then you get things like Cardano that improve upon it and improves like the internet. And on top of that, you get altcoins, which people come up with funny ideas, memes, and things like that. That brought out the Dogecoin, the Shiba Inu. Someone said, hey, I want to market my art. I want a specific cryptocurrency with art. Now we have NFTs or non-fungible tokens that have value backed by art. Then there's DeFi. And then it even goes down to, you know, different concepts of tokens that originate from cryptocurrencies like ERC-20 tokens. And they all have specific uses in an ecosystem. Just like, you know, going to Dave and Buster's, you don't think that the economy is going to collapse because you're using their specific token to play arcade games or order food, much like I'm on this website, I'm playing this game, I'm doing these functions, I'm going to pay in this in-game currency, which games do have in-game currency, and nothing happens. And the fun part is I can translate that back into real currency. Odyssey, which I'm telling people also to back their stuff up to. I know this is going on YouTube, but why not back it up to Odyssey? They have their own cryptocurrency. When you get a, this amount of views and stuff, you get a library token. Jeremy Kaufman, I'm sure, can talk a lot more about that. And then you can use it. And you can all, and here's the nice thing about Bitcoin. You can't turn gold into silver. You can't turn, as far as I know, silver into bronze or anything like that. That'd be actually kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but you can go to these things called swaps or exchanges and either sell some of that token, say, I bought a bunch of Dogecoin, I don't want it. Oh, I can swap it for Ethereum. I can swap vice versa, Ethereum for Dogecoin. I can swap that for Bitcoin. I can change these currencies around. So each, so to answer your question in a very short, succinct way, all these different tokens and stuff have intrinsic value or they have value in their specific ecosystem and based on their specific use and function, like you can think of it as an arcade coin in a specific place, but it could be something sophisticated like using it in-game currency or something for a headset. And pretty much with all of these coins, all these tokens, you can go ahead and turn them back into either fiat currency through the process of going into Bitcoin or just doing it directly, or you can turn them into Ethereum. You can all turn all this stuff into 
different. You can literally translate the value of those tokens, whatever they are, into another coin or another currency. So hopefully that makes sense. No, actually, the way you explained it there was fantastic because that kind of gave me the the answer I was definitely looking for for that. Because, you know, when you look at these cryptocurrencies, it's like, okay, well, what the hell separates Dogecoin from Shiba Inu or, you know, whatever cryptocurrency from the next one. But when you say, um, what the hell is this? Sorry. Um, when you said they each have their own ecosystem, that kind of makes sense because it's like it, it, it the arcade example, essentially like, okay, well, if you want to transact on this network, this is what you have to use. And I, I think that example is probably going to be the most digestible way for people to understand what each cryptocurrency is, you know, and the way that it's networked. Um, I guess the one retort I would have to the gold and silver deal is that you can go to different precious metal dealers and obviously mm-hmm. give them, you know, sell gold and then you'll get however much it is an ounce and then you'll be able to buy the silver from there. But, um, you know, I think the one advantage to cryptocurrency in that situation would be you can do everything online where, yeah. you know, you could trade your Bitcoin for Dogecoin or, you know, however you want to do it. Yeah, and actually there's no chance there unless you really do something weird on an exchange or the exchanges or or the swap or the DEX, a decentralized exchange is unreliable. There's no chance really you're going to get ripped off. Whereas I go to the thing, I'm like this much gold, this much silver, like "Eh, that doesn't look right. And then I got to discuss here. It's quite simple. It's just like, you know, hey, I'm going to click on here and then I'm going to go ahead and either trade my stuff or swap it or convert it. Now. I, I'm a big fan of just buying and holding, but uh, the nice thing also is with this, there's a token, you know, that comes out, a lot of them fail, but the one that doesn't fail, you can, you can do pretty well on it for a small investment. That could be five bucks, 10 bucks, or a thousand bucks. And I don't think you can get that inflationary or deflationary, I should say, that rise in money with gold and silver. I could be wrong, but if you put a grand in, in gold and silver, it will go up, but I don't think it'll go up drastically. Here, you could get something like Shiba Inu, which I'm hoping um, will go up recently, or Safe Moon, or some, some of these goofy things. Like, there are people who became millionaires off of Dogecoin when people thought it was a joke. And I said, hey, yeah, you might think it's a joke, and definitely I understand it's based on memes, but Elon Musk saw value in it, made a tweet, and then people actually got some real world value out of it. I mean, becoming a millionaire off of a meme is interesting, to say the least. And that's more than I can say for anything else. I, I've looked into certificates of deposit CDs. They don't really return much, neither do Roth IRAs. I don't know about gold, though because I'm not a gold expert. I have just a little bit and just a little bit of silver. But uh, I don't think there's a way to just put like in a hundred bucks and then go, oh, in a year or two, it's now 200,000, 500,000 million. Right. But to play a little bit more devil's advocate here against um, cryptocurrencies in that kind of situation right now, because we have low interest rates, and all these bubbles popping up everywhere what separates the bitcoin bubble from the housing market bubble from the stock market bubble um 
you know, because people made tons and tons of money on real estate, but then what happened when the bubble popped? All the air was let out and a lot of people lost a lot of money. Um, I guess my question there would be, why wouldn't Bitcoin do the same thing? Bitcoin or any cryptocurrencies? It'll do the same thing, but it'll recover faster is what I'll say. There's no... I'm not going to make this argument that people want to make that, oh, this is the master currency. Nothing bad can ever happen. It cannot go down. China could go after more exchanges, even though, because I'm mm -hmm. guessing even banning it, they're going to go, there's still people trading. They could go after exchanges and tank it really, you know, people could, who knows, maybe the government goes after exchanges here and shuts a bunch of them down. There could be rifts in the market. There could be a lot of problems. There could be some crazy stuff, you know going on but but i think from what i've seen yeah it'll be a hit people take a hit people you know anything you invest in if you have a real free market you can take a hit on there's mm -hmm. nothing in my opinion you can invest in and always get a positive roi i don't believe so even land could have a hurricane or something so that being said, I think it can take a hit, but it'll recover. How fast can it recover? Land, you could probably recover that quite quickly. Gold, I don't know, you know, if that takes a hit. Uh, and I would say with cryptocurrency, it'll go down with everything, but it'll start coming back. It will recover faster, way faster than the stock market. I remember Bitcoin took a hit, came back in like a couple of months. Whereas the stock market took like eight months to recover. So, I mean, you're always going to be playing the odds. And that's what I tell people in my videos. I obviously have this feel. There's no, you know, I'm not giving you financial advice. I'm not saying this this will work or it won't work. I'm not saying you can't lose anything. But based on what we have and what we know, I still think it's a safe, I still say it's a safe bet. Someone asked Roger Veer, don't you think it's, because cryptocurrency goes up and down, don't you think it's risky to invest in the cryptocurrency? He's one of the, called Bitcoin Jesus. He said, yeah, it's risky to invest in cryptocurrency, but it's even riskier to keep holding on to dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I definitely think after the, uh especially after last year when 40% of all U.S. dollars were printed, um, it's definitely dangerous to hold on to dollars if you're expecting those dollars to appreciate. And because interest rates, once again, have been so low, this is what the Austrians have been preaching for the longest time. People like you and me, you know, Peter Schiff, Tom Woods, all the people who are privy to Austrian economics, everyone laughed at them when they said, oh, the inflation is coming, the inflation is coming. And then now it's finally here. You know, you could say we're perma bears, but, you know, you just cannot print all this money as you please and expect nothing to happen. You know, I was saying this um, when I was recording with the Cajun Libertarian. It's there will be consequences and we're seeing those consequences. Um, I guess one more question that I would have, if we're seeing all this inflation right now, um, you're seeing a rise in the price of Bitcoin, I believe. Um on Sunday, the price of Bitcoin was 60 grand, right? I'm sure it's probably still relatively close to that. 
Yeah, I'm um, looking at it now. It's $61,947. Okay. And in case people are uh, wondering, um, whenever this podcast is recorded, this is October 18th, 2021. Um, Bitcoin was, I would say like a month ago, it was around 30 grand, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So my question is, um, is Bitcoin in this situation in 2021 exempt from inflation or do you think inflation is having a upwards push on the price of Bitcoin? Uh, I think inflation is having an upwards push on the price of Bitcoin because people are trying to hedge the value of their hard-earned money in something Mm -hmm. that won't lose it. And to even go further, the reason it goes up like this and down like this, a lot of people say, well, oh, doesn't that mean it's volatile? Well, what I would say is prices, if you don't fix interest rates like Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell, who have their own interests, fixing interest rates and then buying stuff from the Fed, and they do this both under Biden, Trump, Bush, Obama, mm-hmm. they're all thieves. If you don't have something that's fixed, value in a market goes up and down. Face masks were the biggest thing in 2020. Now, not so much. 2019, they weren't, you know, hand sanitizer and face, uh, face masks weren't a big thing. I didn't really use either of them much and I don't care for them. But the biggest thing is something that's valuable now. Like, I think that uh, if you were to go back a few years, someone say, oh, CD players are the most valuable thing. Now everything's online. So value changes. I would have never thought Blockbuster would go under. You know what I mean? Yeah. 10 years to being this giant, you know, Blockbuster's huge, millions. I never thought they could go under. I never thought Yahoo could, you know, take a hit. But it just like people see value in something. They saw value in Bitcoin. They pushed it up. And even to go further with all this printing, printing and printing. I mean, you're in the metal. I'm in the metal. Have you ever watched uh, Metalocalypse? <laughs> I, sold to my, I sold my souls to play their grandpa's guitars. Have you ever seen... <laughs> The uh, episode where Nathan Explosion becomes the like mayor or president of Florida, I think. <laughs> no, no, but I have to now. <laughs> yeah, because he becomes like the mayor or president of Florida or something. He's like, we're going to print so much money. Everybody's going to be rich. And I'm like, oh, that's a cartoon. That's funny. I don't think <laughs> our politicians would do that because I was in college. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a fair reserve. That is what they do. And, uh, some of my friends have gotten like, you know, on Facebook have told me they got banned because they go on their Twitter and say like printer go burr. Apparently they don't find that funny. So, um, so yeah, apparently uh, don't go on Twitter and say learn to code or printer go burr. Apparently that's a, a, a no-no phrase. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The learn to code that came from like people saying, oh, he lost his job. Well, just learn, <laughs> learn to code, learn to code. <laughs> it's ridiculous and one thing also that's contributing in my opinion is not just inflation mm-hmm. inflation's one factor um as peter schiff talked about when this started happening under trump is inflation's one factor you're printing a bunch of money but goods and, ser- and services are also going up because you're paying people to stay home oh i can get more money by sitting at home and hanging out why do i want to work unless you really love your job but i'm guessing most people don't so 
they're going to hang out at home. So the lack of labor of just, if there's nobody to make things, then, then the economy is going to stagnate. As you can see, even shelves are, you know, less scarce. And then on top of all of that, people who do want to work are being either uh, coerced or pushed or incentivized or bribed based on taking a medical procedure that they don't want to that's in my opinion this is completely immoral and that hurts the workforce even more so these three things are probably getting people to say hey uh the currency's out of control uh the labor is gone down like i'm seeing i'm sure you drive through and you see mcdonald's like fifteen thousand dollar or fifteen hundred sign-on bonus murder king 1200 sign-on bonus just to sign on and then on top of that there are people who say yeah i want my job i want to work and they're doing i would call essential work definitely not that government can determine what's essential or not but they're like health care those people in the economy that's a huge thing they're being let go like this is this is just a recipe for disaster it's a recipe to really uh, crumble and uh, hurt the hurt the economy based on some really incorrect economic ideals. Now, just to my last point, there's some people say that Keynesian can work only for a very short time, and it's a low-term game. That's kind of like saying that having an addiction to something can work. Yeah, you can be a functioning alcoholic, but eventually it will take a toll on your health eventually these bad economic habits will take a toll on the economy that's why i still you know put a little and i just say people don't have to go crazy you don't have to put your life savings into crypto you don't have to go crazy but if you have a little bit you want to take the risk i don't think i don't personally think this is not financial advice it's a bad risk and diversify your portfolio mm -hmm. get get definitely start with getting food then get something to defend yourself if you need it then get something that uh you know that, that that if you need vitamins or something like that supplements you know that's not a bad thing but then say like okay what do i want for a store of value you could get some crypto get some gold and then if you have the ability heck get some small things to land and see how they all work out yeah i think that's a uh, very very good message and i think that uh, we libertarians should be privy to that and should be ready for a worst case scenario. Um, you know, we laugh because other countries, we could go there and buy stuff up cheap. But what we don't realize is that having these two presidents that just love to spend money, well, I should just say two, but, you know, especially, you know, these two most recent administrations just pumped inflation through the freaking roof. Um, sooner or later, we're, we will be one of those countries where other countries get to come over here and buy stuff cheap because our currencies appreciate and our currency depreciates. Um, yeah. El Salvador might be able to do that because they keep <laughs> buying Bitcoin, we keep printing. And mm -hmm. one thing I want to make very clear to people yeah. is a lot of people now are saying, oh, Kareem, you know, it's bad, it's bad. And they agree with me, it's bad. And then inflation and spending, which is funny because they kind of forgot about the last four years. But then there's this big push. Oh, well, Kareem, you don't worry. 
it's almost like uh, playing Russian roulette on a political sense. Oh, if we just get Ron DeSantis in, or 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 the or the like deep state Don, or <laughs> or we get um, I don't know somebody else, or we just get if we just get the right authoritarian in mm-hmm. with, with with the right spending plan and and spend it on the right stuff, which it's always different on the left and the right. I'm not a fan of either. Then we're good. We just we just need the, the right leadership. And maybe that's true at a local level, maybe slightly at a state level. But I don't think there's any hope at the federal level. I do not care who you put in. I guarantee. And I even asked a Republican like this, this, this. I'm like, yeah, OK. The, the, the biggest thing aside from these pushed medical procedures, which I understand that can go away, but the biggest thing, what, what do you think? He says, inflation. I'm like, let me ask you a serious question. He's like, okay. I'm like, your guy DeSantis, he gets in. He's like, yeah. Do you think he'll print money? It's like, well, and they gave me a roundabout answer. It's like, man, yeah, yeah, he might have to, you know, to counteract some of the, I'm like, okay. So there's no way out of this. His, his federal reserve chairman is going to print money. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a Democrat, their federal reserve chairman is going to print money. Um, Republican, the odd chance, let me even give you best case scenario. Let's say Dave Smith gets in, ends the Federal Reserve. Woo! Your dollar still has lost all, almost all of its value. You still have to pay all of that back. So, and that's like best case scenario. He gets in, ends the Federal Reserve within a couple of weeks, which he would do. I believe it. But your dollar still lost. So you're going to need to figure out, okay, well, even if I get the most you elect Ron Paul, Rand Paul. You elect Joe Jorgensen. Anybody but Kerry Johnson, basically. Or Vermin Supreme. I don't know. Maybe Vermin Supreme would audit the Fed. But only if they pay them $15 an hour to work there. <laughs> Got to raise the minimum wage. But even if you get someone who says, first day, first thing, I will audit the Federal Reserve. They go audit the Federal Reserve, and then they end it within a week. I'm not, I'm talking about something that's highly unrealistic, but best case scenario, dollars lost most of its purchasing power. Um, this, the food prices would still be up. What would need to be done? The only way to fix this is they do audit and end the Federal Reserve. Then someone at the state says, okay, here's what we can do. We can trade dollars in for another fiat currency, for something I play a lot of fallout. So bottle caps to me actually sounds like enough uh, for gold, for silver. Uh, it, heck, it could be for salt, could be for cigarettes. And we, or you can also trade it in for, we accept these cryptocurrencies. Then that actually might help solve inflation. And then if they get out, if the state government and the feds can get out of the way, and say, hey, no more welfare, or at least make welfare more privatized, get people back to work, that'll be great, and then get rid of these mandates, and then it'll take, but you might see economic recovery then. But that's best, that's like best case scenario. That's like getting libertarians in the federal, the state, and the local level. And if I'm being realistic, I don't see that happening. I'm not saying it's an impossibility, but that's that's the best case scenario. 
um, there really is no no going back from from here because they just went they just went too far right so it, that, that's my spiel on the issues of fiat currency what to do to fix the economy and why i think not only bitcoin but other alt currencies or you know altcoins have some potential to do well all right yeah yeah that's uh that's definitely something that we have to contend with um yeah geez yeah it's a massive problem and the u.s really has two options we could either default dishonestly or default honestly we could bargain with our creditors and tell them look <laughs> you guys let us predatory predatory borrowing or committed us to predatory borrowing you knew we were going to pay it back so here's what we'll do we'll pay what we can pay and what nobody wants to hear is our taxes will go up our tax will probably go up a ton our country's gonna go in the shitter and we're gonna have to produce a lot because right now we have these huge trade deficits that trump was gonna fix and then we had the largest trade deficit in u.s history regardless of that we have these huge trade deficits and we're gonna have to turn those into trade surpluses which is what we used to have that's one option the other option default dishonestly inflate your currency and pay our creditors back in currency that doesn't buy anything which yeah, like, i think we all know which way they're gonna go because clearly oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, China. they have, they have no plans of slowing down yeah rand paul even said how goofy government is they borrow money from china pay interest on it to give it back to china yep i'll give you a third option that that couldn't get a lot of people out of this is 80 to 90 here's the one thing we all agree on biden supporters uh, want secession from Trump supporters. Trump supporters want secession from Biden supporters. And guess what? I want secession from both of them. Because eventually, after a while, they both like, for different reasons, the things they say, oh, you know, if JoJo gets elected, there'll be water in the thing. Oh, China's China's right there. China's coming. China, China, China. Or uh, how, just coming up with random excuses to... Uh, inflate other spending that I don't want, like military spending and things like that. So they want us to secede. So do I. Tim Pool recently said, and I agree with him, because of what's going on, which is bad, but we can take advantage of this. If you go out and campaign, and I'm not saying like you spend tons and tons of money, you just get on a stage and say, look, I'm against CRT. I'm against these mandates. You can put what you should be able to put whatever you want in your body, no mandates. And I'm against these masks and stuff like that. And then he said, you could like say, I'll make a moon of cheese. I don't know if you saw that. And the people like, yeah, yeah, he wants to make a moon of cheese. They're like, that doesn't make any sense. But uh, he's against mandates and he's against this and he's against that. So, uh, masks. So, yeah, yeah, we, we can elect him. Now, obviously, it'd be a little bit more complicated than that. You might have competition but if you go out and campaign and do those things and then say hey um california said we're not following the feds immigration laws right texas said we're not following their gun laws correct uh atf things okay the joe Solosky administration if you want to call that maybe me maybe you Maybe it's uh, Tim McMaster, a few other libertarians can, can coalition with uh, Democrats or Republicans and just say, hey, 
instead of just doing immigration or gun laws, none of this is working. So I'd like to nullify them. And by nullify, I'm not going to follow all the federal laws are off the books. They're nullified. We don't want any funding. We don't want anything. Uh, if it's possible, get all the social security money paid out. We're done. We don't want to be involved in your military. We don't want to be involved in anything else. And on top of that, since we're not, since we're nullifying the feds and the feds don't seem to have any power with Texas or California, hey, we're, we're, we're not defaulting. We're getting rid of your debt. You can have that debt back or take the debt off every Pennsylvanian. And I'll bet you Democrats and Republicans would sign that if they're not scared. Hmm. That's also a long shot. But that's what I'd like to do. That's what I'd like to do. And then start a free straight project. And in a year, if it works, hey, we're leaving. Bye, 49 states. Hey, New Hampshire, it worked. You want to come? Alaska at work. So states leave and say we're not. If you get 10 states to leave, millions of people, pick whatever states you want and say, we're not paying this debt. We're not doing your vax mandate. We're not doing uh, medical procedure mandates. We're not doing any of that. What power do they really have? They don't, they only have so many enforcement agencies. What could they really do? Millions of people say, I'm not, I'm not cooperating. What are they going to do? They can't do anything. So, right. Well, they called a bunch of people putting their feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk insurrectionists. So you can only imagine what secessionists in 2021 would actually be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. Here's the difference. They were on their turf. People always want to go like and fight on their turf. Granted, if I'm sparring with someone that makes sense, like with a friend, but like if I invited you, if I invited you to a place, if I was mad at you and said, let's fight, would you come out? Because would you come over and do it? Because you don't know what I'll do. I could have 10 mm -hmm. friends there and I could have a gun and stuff like that. So they're always fighting on their terms. DeSantis, I'll see you in court. Abbott was kind of cool with, with knocking the vax mandates, but I have issues with him. Instead of doing that, if, if a legislature of a state says we're not doing this, and there's millions of citizens, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And it only takes one state to get the ball rolling. Then it's mm -hmm. millions upon millions. I'm sure New Hampshire's thinking about it. We need to be the state that gets it rolling. And I know we went from cryptocurrencies to secession. So I got off. Not a problem. Actually, but that's actually a way to get out of this debt. Does that, does that seem reasonable? If they... My answer in one sentence would be, if they can't force California to follow immigration laws, they can't force Pennsylvania to pay back their debt. And if they see Pennsylvania ain't going to do it, well, maybe New Hampshire ain't going to do it. Maybe Alaska didn't want to do it. And then maybe Texas doesn't want to do it. Maybe Florida doesn't want to do it. Maybe Tennessee decides they don't want to do it. Then they are pretty much done. <laughs> Is that, I don't know if that's feasible but I think that's that's a way out of it too. No, dude, I think that is the uh, white light at the uh, end of the tunnel there. So uh, from <laughs> cryptocurrency to secession, I uh, I really dig it. Um, go ahead, plug your shit, brother, and we'll uh, rock and roll. Okay, cool, great. So uh, me and uh, Kyle just talked about cryptocurrency, uh, the debt, which is the problem. That's why cryptocurrencies. And just to make a thing, cryptocurrency would just be a thing among, in my opinion, a bunch of computer geeks 
if it wasn't for inflation. It would just be a few people saying, hey, I'm trading this stuff around and kind of be a cool hobby, kind of like magic cards. But because of inflation, financial people are into it now. Everybody now people who wouldn't even get into this stuff are into it, in my opinion. So to fix inflation, you could they could default on it. They could actually honestly pay it back. I don't trust the federal government to do anything honest. And that's whether you have Republicans, Democrats, even if you get a libertarian, you'd still have to be, pay, be paying it back for years. So I think the way to fix it and a lot of these other problems that a lot, a lot of what most people want is secession. You can find my Facebook at Kareem M. Mays. I am part of the Mises Caucus, which you can go, uh, me and Kyle, which you can go to LP Mises Caucus com to join and keep the Ron Paul revolution going. I also run a YouTube channel called The Essential Libertarians, where I talk about giving people the tools for self-governance through different media stories. Um, in addition to that, I will be starting a news, a small news thing called the Liberty Dispatch, and I am going to be campaigning in Pennsylvania for Joe Solosky in 2022, as well as Natalie Bruno in Oklahoma, and hopefully Nicholas Wildstar um, in California, and Larry Sharp in New York. Those guys have my full support. Also, uh, Tom Woods' uh, two, uh, 2000th podcast was in Florida, and I think there were, you know, I was told there were thousands of people wearing Rothbard and Ron Paul t-shirts. So shout out to them and all the people keeping this movement going. Nice. That's awesome. Well, um, you know, if you want, you could send some of them people on my way. We'll get them on the show. We'll uh, help spread the message of liberty. So um, with that in liberty and health, everybody, um, take care. Keep speaking that hot liberty shit and lifting that heavy shit. We'll see you guys next time. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production, healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.